0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Right
2: here on SEN 1170 AM.
3: I found my way
0: back to a
3: higher ground.
0: Yeah, I just wanna feel alive. Welcome to Higher
2: Ground with Julian King. Uh, hello everyone, Jules with you this Wednesday night, High Ground, great to have your company wherever you are tuned in on SEN 1170 Sydney, SEN Q693 in Queensland, 1620 on the Gold Coast and of course across the globe via the SEN app. would love for you to keep me company this evening, short and sharp, the open line number 1300-01-1170 and the text line 0457-736-736. Shortly I will catch up with James Paulson from the Sydney Morning Herald Sports Desk. He's doing the double this week, Jimmy. While Simon is on a break in the Northern Territory, we'll look at the back pages of tomorrow's Herald and the Age and Alex the Seal, a.k.a. the Mad Russian, will run us through another bout of Agree to Disagree. Now, let's start with this, I suppose you could call it a tug of war, over the grand final venue. It's still going on. Isn't it funny? We're a couple of months out and we don't have a venue officially. What about all the corporates? Only rugby league. If you're a betting person, where is your money going? I'm all over Sydney. I'm all over. I'd be very surprised if I left Sydney. And the News Court papers are writing that a big meeting tonight, that this desperate battle for the NRL grand final remains it's in the balance. I think goes to extra time was the headline. After the commission, the ARL Commission again delayed a decision on the showpiece event. So it's a big three hour meeting now, this evening. Failed to deliver a verdict on whether Queensland or New South Wales would host this year's National Rugby League grand final. Now, people want answers. Understandably, it was getting very, very close to the finish line. Final call will be made, we believe, within 24 hours, as the ARLC mulls over a late change, or charge, I should say, from the Queensland Government following a breakdown in talk between Peter Volandes and the New South Wales Government. Now, the Queensland Government have come to the table. They want to stage up to three NRL Grand Finals before the Olympics in 2032. That is a key plank of their $10 million pitch to ambush their New South Wales counterparts and steal some more marquee deciders for Suncorp Stadium. Now, this morning, Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Queensland Premier, threw her support behind the bid. And we understand, look, it was reported that Queensland were a 60-40 chance to pull off this $10 million Suncorp Stadium heist. I'm not sold on those odds, I must say. But if they succeed, well, they're going to come back for more. The Olympics still a decade away. So there you go. They want two or three grand finals before the Olympics in 2032. Basically to show their pulling power. Their pulling power. So before tonight's meeting, Andrew Abdo said the decision may yet be delayed another day. Peter Volandi's called the decision or the final call as on a knife's edge. And we know the government, we know the background now. The government's been at war with... The landings of the past fortnight after Premier Dominic Perrottet will basically put the kibosh in the suburban stadium funding plan. And all of that was in jeopardy because of the, the flood crisis, which is reasonable. And he said, oh, we had a handshake deal. I said, try selling that to the New South Wales public. And then he got the Paul Stewie Ayers, he'd pork-barrelled the development of Blue Bed or Panther Stadium. And the Cronulla Stadium are privately owned, but it, it, see, everyone's putting their hand out, aren't they? Spent over a billion dollars, and so they're opening a brand new Allianz Stadium. They built Combank. It's it's hard to make the case that the New South Wales government aren't trying to help the National Rugby League. here. Anyway, we'll wait and see. We think a verdict within the next twenty four hours. Like I said, if I'm a betting man, it is staying. It is staying in New South Wales. But it is rugby league, it's glorious and, and stranger things that happen. Now the Knights, talk about cultural problems. Peter Parr, you know, it's, there's a reason they got there so soon. The bloke's barely put his feet under the desk and he's had to deal with all this garbage. So now Bradman Best and Anari Tuwala have been stood down for disciplinary reasons. They were late for the bus. And he hates lateness. He, he hates tardiness, Peter Parr. He hates poorly dressed people and he hates off-field misbehaviour. So he's basically checked every box in his first week of being there. And he slammed a lack of leadership around the playing group. And he addressed the media yesterday morning. we can play a bit of audio for you later on in the program. The, the infamous toilet cubicle incident that landed Ponga and Mann in hot water. And then that separate incident in which Bradman Bess and Anari Tuwala didn't meet team standards. Okay, they showed up late for the bus. So they have now, that pair, been dumped to New South Wales Cup. Not late by long period, but late nonetheless. Adam O'Brien's on board. And you can say that now. They're not fighting for a spot on the eight. Feel free to dump them. It has just been a nightmare week for Newcastle. And the video thing was really strange. Really strange. And in relation to that and punishment, because it's talking about stripping Ponga of the captaincy and he said, look, it's way too early for that. I don't even know if we'll be in a place for any punishment to be invoked. It's not a great look, fair enough. But all the facts haven't been established. Let's wait until the process is finished. Let the integrity unit do what they need to do and... Operate and blah, blah, blah. Just because it's not a good look doesn't straight away mean that somebody has done anything wrong. That That is true. That is true. But aren't we already getting mixed messages? No, no, no. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't misbehaving. But his dad said he was. He was blind drunk and Kurt was there to help him. A few holes in that. So they need to get the bottom of it. And I noticed the RLPA has slammed the suggestion that the hair of those respective gentlemen should be tested just to see if they were doing something naughty in their cubicles, maybe taking something illicit they shouldn't have been taking. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, I have to say. Normally, I'm not a believer in testing for recreational drugs, but a couple of things here. It's during the season, Calum Ponga is in recovery for his head knocks and shouldn't have been out and on the... Well, shouldn't have been parting. let's say that. So I think, I guess from a PR perspective, it's not entirely unreasonable for an embattled club. But I wonder if quietly the set of the players, listen, off the record, were you on the... If so, we've got a problem. If not, let's just send the hair for testing. See, it came up clean. Nothing to hide here. 0457 736, 736 You may have a thought on the cultural problems in Newcastle. And if you're tossing a coin, if you're throwing a dart or if you're going to lay your hard-earned down, where do you think this grand final's going to be? It'll be in Sydney. It will be in Sydney. You look, you know, write that down. Say so, 10.06, 54 seconds. you said the grand final be in Sydney. And if it's not, you can hold me to that. Now in tennis, uh, Nick Kyrgios and Alex De they have marched on. Uh, Thanasi Kokkinakis, fellow Aussie, lost a uh, a big game actually, a Titanic struggle that would have well. This is in the Cincinnati Masters first round. It's probably more befitting of a of a fourth round. So Kyrgios rebounded from that three-set quarter-final loss in Montreal uh, with a pretty comfortable 7-5, 6-4 win, 6-4 win over Alejandro Davidovich for Keener and his tournament opener. And he's got to play uh, Taylor Fritz next. He's a good mates so with Taylor Fritz, who's chasing a 17th win from 19 matches. So it's a big build-up as well. Demon or advanced in straight sets, dismissing Swiss qualifier Henri Laxunen 6-2, 6-2 in 67 minutes. Now, just in a bit of cricket news. Uh, Elise Perry, well done to her. She's recommitted to the Sydney Sixers, 31. You know, it's, it's isn't it funny that now. To think that somebody of the stature of Elise Perry is not a mainstay in the Aussie T twenty team anymore. Actually says a lot about how women's cricket in this country is thriving. That they've moved on and they've moved out of the, the gigantic shadow of the greatest of all time Ben Elise Perry. And she's carving it up in the hundred at the moment, too, Elise. Which is good to see. Really good to see. Now I'm gonna have a bit to say live golf, suffice to say Patrick Reed. Uh if he if he had one friend, he's probably got none now. He has filed a lawsuit against the golf channel and commentator Brandel Chamberley on t- Tuesday, claiming that the two conspired with the PGA to defame him. Can you believe this nonsense? Patrick Reed won nine times on the tour in his career. He's won the Masters. Played on three Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup teams, competed in the Olympics twice. He's 32. So he's he's a well-known name, but he's known to be a bit surly. He's been known to bend the rules, and I'll say that euphemistically. But he is one of the big names that are signed for the Live Golf Invitational Series. He is claiming in his lawsuit that Chamberlain and the Golf Channel have been conspiring with the tour and their commissioner, Jay Monaghan, to, quote-unquote, engage in a pattern and practice of defaming him with malice since he was, wait for it, 23 years old. 23 years old. We know Shambley's criticized Reed's move to live golf. He's criticized his move to golf, but far from alone in doing so. And Shambly, and he's not the only one, mind you, that's also been critical of Patrick Reed's rule violation or near rule violations, which he's been accused of doing since his college days at Georgia, no less. And apparently Reed's listed personal attacks, sent cease and desist notice, world's smallest violin playing for. Patrick Reid at the moment. I'll say this, he's been poorly advised here. And I'll tell you why. Because he signed a guaranteed nine-figure contract. Just take the cash and (laughs) piss off, honestly. I mean, how petty can you be? Think about Patrick Reid. He invites this stuff upon himself. He won't win. He won't win. Defamation laws over in the States are, are far less stringent than they are here in Australia. And we've got some of the strictest on the planet. So I just got to ask one question: What's his ultimate goal here? What's his purpose? Is he seeking to repair his public image, Patrick Reed? Because if that's the case, oh listen, that ship is sailed, pal. And if in fact this will only worsen it, I love this tweet by Kyle Porter from CBS. He said, "Here's everything you need to know about professional golf right now." A former Masters champion just sued a broadcaster and his network for seven hundred and fifty million dollars and it wasn't even close to the most consequential golf lawsuit of the month. And there was a PGA Tour players meeting today. Tiger, I guess you could say, was playing at a de facto commissioner. He's the spokesperson for the Tour now, and the PGA Tour's biggest asset. I think they need a revamp, because I tell you what, Liv is not going away. That text line number 0457 736 736.
0: Extra, extra, read all about it! It's you!
2: I oh, brought him off the bench. Normally we have him on a Monday and said, listen, mate, because Simon's away, do you want to do the double? I said, yeah, happy to see, uh, happy to help you out. And so he's on the line right now from the Sydney Morning Herald Sports Desk, we'll dabble in the age as well. James Paulson, good evening to you.
0: G'day, Jules, mate, how are you? I'm good good to going be for, here yes,
2: thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's very kind of you, you know. It's so nice to see <laughs> a so News Limited go, give the night papers a leg up, and you never go away. You never go away on holidays. Always happy to oh, no, I know Simon's tuning in. We love him. We're all friends here on the program, of course. Well, you heard me just talking there about live golf. I mean, it stuns me that Patrick Reed wants to sue, them for, sue a broadcaster and a commentator of 750 oh, no. mil.
0: Who would have
2: thought he like that? Yeah, it's a, she's got, like I said, if he had one friend, he'll have no. If he's trying to repair his public image, well, that ship has sailed, pal. Honestly. Yeah, you know, I can't see how he's going to win this. I can't see he's advised him that this was the right tack no. to Take I, I, I just don't get it. Considering he signed a nine-figure deal with Live Golf, and now he wants to sue someone Does for several. Mate, just take the money, go away.
0: Just go away. There's got to be someone somewhere at some point who just said to him, "Mr. Champ, like maybe this, maybe you just don't need to do this." But uh, I mean, obviously not. It's happening. So, mm. well, I mean, saw so that too. Off, with,
2: so with Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, and, and Matt Jones, and
1: and, noise, and, and the yeah. word
2: is that they were told – because you know, they actually – it wasn't live via the PGA. It was those three saying, look, we want to lift this injunction and be able to play in the FedEx. And and in my understanding, they were told that if you challenge, you'll probably win. You know, These competition laws or antitrust laws, as they're known as in the USA. And Again, yeah. they were sorely mistaken. Uh, sorely mistaken. So, you know, there's a lot more water to go under the bridge. It's fascinating. Live's not going away. The PGA have been, have been forced to act. At the moment, you know, they're just – they're talking about it being, I guess, retirement fund, or players over the hill, which is largely true. But but one man they set their sights on and, and we nice. understand will sign, and this will be their biggest coup yet because he is an informed player, number two in the world, the reigning British Open champion in Australia's Cameron Smith. We know how much he's sort of, you know, the non-denial denials and he's ducked and weeped questions about Liv. He didn't flat out deny. No, and no, I'm not going, oh, well, when I have something to say, I'll say it. I'm just focused on So everybody's suggesting that. It is a done deal. Peter Fitzsimons today has put the boot in in his column, so to speak.
0: Yeah, so he, he hasn't missed uh, Fitz. He makes the uh, makes the comparison that um, between between what's happening in live golf and I, I guess the Super League war and uh, the, the pr- pr- sorry professionalisation of rugby around the same time, about nineteen ninety five. And yeah, you know, the, the case he makes the difference. The difference here is that they were sort of two sports that needed to argued we'd be dragged into the 20th century and subsequently the 21st and you know probably ended up better for everybody from the players the players down whereas you know you look at golf these guys are certainly already paid very well the uh the product is sensational there's not i mean there's nothing better than as fitzy writes a master's sunday i think back to uh, probably one of my favorite sporting images of all time was adam scott just sort of yeah. Pumping, pumping the fist after he got that green jacket nine years ago. You think of Sergio Garcia a few years ago finally breaking that drought. Tiger Woods 2019, Tiger Woods 97, Tiger Woods just about any of them. And you're not, you're not, I mean, you never know what happens, but you're not going to get that from Live Golf, I don't think. And, uh, yeah, they don't have a player in the in the top 15 in the world at the moment. That's why getting, getting Smith, which, as we say, looks like for all money is happening is such a big deal for them because it just it gives them that credibility. And that's what they're missing at this point. I mean, they've still got some good names in there, like Bryson Shambo, blokes like that have won majors and sure yeah. to be contending for more. But, yeah, no doubt Smith would be their biggest so far. And um, Fitzy, yeah, he's basically saying, I think I think you'll regret it if you do take the money. I'm not sure if these guys did 25 years ago. I think they're probably fairly happy with how it turned out, yeah. but this one may not be the case.
2: It's a risk for Cameron Smith if he does, if it is true and he has signed, because a couple of things are still vying to be eligible for world golf ranking points. If they're not, uh, that is a huge hurdle for them to overcome When, it, in terms of attracting future talent. And then we don't know no, then no, if down the track right. the majors will say, I know he's got the five-year exemption, but they say, you know what, after that we, we could just scrap that in an instant. Anyone who goes to leave, we could ban it. We don't know. And for him to to make that decision in the prime of his career, maybe not at the peak of his career, uh, with such risks having a, hanging over his head, I mean, my goodness, it's bold because uh, it has the potential to really damage his legacy. An interesting article. I know Darren Coney writes for you, Sports Lawyer, every couple of weeks, and and he made hmm. a good point. He, he talked about the Open there. It's Tiger Woods who missed the cut, but just the roar of the crowd coming over the bridge. Uh, the sustained applause. So, I mean, Liv can't give you that. They can give you money, but outside of money, what do they have? They don't really have serious no, golf. They got this ham-fisted teams event. It, that is something that they will never be able to create. So, players who do take the money have to think long and hard about the decision and what sort of legacy they want to leave in the game.
0: One hundred percent. I think uh, DK wrote in that article that you know he, fit- he finished 46th, He could barely barely walk up to the eighteenth hole. But Correct. It was the, the, the... The greatest thing he ever did in his career, just for for what it meant, what he's come back from, the the hurdles he's had to overcome to get back there, and yeah, you're not you're not getting that from um, Boston in a few weeks or whatever it is.
2: Yeah. Well, they don't have a broadcast deal as well. That's it. I mean, I know they got grand plans, and like I said, I can't see I can't see reunification happening anytime soon. Uh, and there is a degree of complacency, I think, on the PGA Tour, and, and maybe this is a bit of a wake up call they need. But if the, I honestly think, if they play their cards right they will be able to keep live on the sidelines just because they have a superior product. But they've got to be smart about it. Now, Peter Volandis, Dominic Perrottet, a bit of a staring contest. No resolution tonight as to where the grand final might be. We've got to hurry up and get our skates on here because it's only a couple of months away. But Alast- Anastasia Palaszczuk has come over the top, said, yeah, no, we'll have a lash. We want to sort of get used to hosting these events with a... You know the twenty thirty two Olympic Games in mind. If you're a betting man, I said at the time, I I can't see it leaving Sydney. Certainly not this year.
0: No, look, I, I agree. I agree with you, Jules. I think it it just um it's just got that feel about it. It's, it's going to go on, and you know tomorrow afternoon is is supposedly when we're when we're getting a decision. But we've heard that before. But I think, yeah, it just it just it just feels like it's going to stay in Sydney. I think it's just being pushed along again, just for um. A bit of theatre, if you will, maybe, and we'll end up status quo by the time we get to the weekend. I mean, it is, it's is—it's really creeping up, as you say. We're talking about the uh, Allianz opening on Monday, and, you know, that's only a fortnight away. I mean, the, the long weekend is only six weeks away, so they, they do need to get cracking.
2: Well, the Queensland Government, they've thrown their hat in the ring, and, you know, the NRL are loving this. To go beautiful. So we've got state governments that want to chuck wads of cash uh, to promote our product, and that's what the... We believe the Western Australian government is done there they're looking to get a couple of games next year are they
0: yeah no that that's right they are pitching up for another a double header over there potentially even the uh, the season opener uh they've you know they they've had origin over there they had i think I think they opened up the stadium in fact back in 2018 with a double header and there's you know there, there's options there next year there's going to be times when uh, Sydney venues are unavailable due to the women's World Cup being played there's um Women's World Cup. Sorry, just yeah. lost myself for a second there. No, man. no, that's
2: all right. You know, it's interesting Yeah, going on that, July. Yes, I mean, they, so they're playing the origin there, but, you know, I wonder if this is a push down the track to sort of say, well, you think an expansion, this is the logical next choice, being Perth.
0: I mean, 100%. It's uh, it's sort of... It's amazing that it hasn't happened again yet, to be honest. I mean, I know that they want to tread cautiously, but, you know, you look at what that opens up, another time zone. It's a, it's a rugby rugby-mad city. Perth. I mean, I know AFL's number one, but the big fans of the 15-man game doesn't take much to get them across again, I, I dare say, but...
2: Uh, Perth Bears. Yeah, you, you you know, maybe maybe, maybe Greg Floramo got in the ear of, of Mark McGowan and I said, hey, I think this is the way forward, my friend. So yeah,
1: it, a bit, a bit of rugby league.
2: Yeah, <laughs> North Sydney and Perth. I mean, they're about as far apart as two cities you could find in this That's country. Right. uh NRLW, you, you just touched upon it briefly. That it's a strange situation because of COVID. Now we've got two seasons in the one year before we look ahead to expansion. It's it's disappointing, isn't it? I mean, Julia Robinson, Brisbane Broncos. That this is sort of this story has hijacked. What should be a celebration of the start of the of the second series and and the quality football we have on the field. I mean, there she is, guns out blazing, and then people are just paying her out for her look. But thankfully, though, the the Broncos mm. came out with a statement, and people, even online, by and large, have knocked this on the head pretty swiftly and shot it down. You know, it's 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 boring to read. It's it's tiresome to read. But you know, the the fact that the reaction has come through so swift, it, it'd be nice to think that, you know, every time you get idiots and and trolls like this, they get further and further pushed into the shadows.
0: No, that's that's exactly right. And I think, I mean, you'd rather it wasn't happening at all, but there's always going to be these sort of idiots around. And, um, yeah, I think you sort of focus on the positive side, as you say, and the competition is going from strength to strength. Two new teams coming in this weekend, more new teams next year. And, yeah, the, the, the product, I mean, the product was already good to start with. It's just been getting better and better every season, I think. And, and just, yeah, onwards and upwards. Now,
2: you know I watch Wimbledon... And I thought to myself, Barty could have just laced on the dunny volleys, had a hit for half an hour and made a final. Like, it was that open as a tournament. Scott Spitz, in the age, has got something on Barty. Has, she, has he?
0: Yeah, so that's right. Uh, she was speaking in Brisbane today. I think um, I won't give him too much of a plug, but I think she signed a, a bit of a corporate deal with Optus. She was unveiled today, so speaking for the first time in a while. And uh, yeah, very, very comfortable with the decision. I mean, I, I thought the same thing. it just I mean it's just it's sort of the person she is, isn't it just so genuine, so down to earth. She, she was done, and she was done because I mean, you look at especially with Serena pulling the pin now, like she she could dominate for a couple of years, you would think, but mm. not not a go, as they say, in the classics. and yeah, she's fairly happy with with where she is, just got married uh, the weekend before last. Uh, that says the one the one regret she does have is that she uh, she didn't get another chance to play Serena, who has a, a two nil advantage over her. Always will, oh, mate.
2: If she played her now, even if she like she hasn't played since what the Australian Open, uh, she would smoke Serena. Yeah. She, uh, she, Serena's done. I mean, she's losing. I know she's been off for a while. She's forty, but even she recognises. But Serena's the sort of player nah, that would lose and right. you know and say, oh no no, it was just it was me, it was all me. Now, before we let you go, uh, future tours program, uh, it's its always a bit messy, isn't it? It's sort of, uh, I guess, just a mishmash of bilateral agreements. But I guess the one good thing for Australian cricket fans and Indian cricket fans is now we're going to have five test series once again.
0: Yes, that that's right. I mean, if, if you feel like we've been playing England and, and India a lot in sort of the last uh, or recent years, I mean, you, you'd be correct. And it's only going to be more and more so like in the next uh cycle revealed today i think which goes through until 2027 there's 20 tests each against england and india uh, and a total of 20 against all other countries in the previous cycle i think from uh, 2018 to next year that number was 18 against those two and 26 uh with everybody else combined but yeah we're going to be absolutely um spoiled for choice for or not spoiled for choice but sort of with. The big series coming up over the next few years.
2: Yeah, that is important. You know what? It's important, too, for the local board because the broadcasters are going to be licking their lips at this. Okay, fantastic. Because you know that they're the notoriously big rating series, Ashes and, of course, England. Then you've got five tests worth. So the next round of broadcast rights agreements come through. And coupled with the fact that they will now, it looks like, permanently blank... That January window, which will enable Australia's best players to play in their domestic competition, you, you know, you tied the big bash value in with a test for an overall deal. Of, you know, this is
0: this is a really positive thing uh, for Australian cricket. One hundred percent. I mean, they just announced that um, broadcast deal. With, I think it was Disney Star in recent weeks, worth about three hundred fifty million dollars. That's just just for the India test. So we're yeah. talking about big, big money here. And, uh, yeah, you can easily see uh, why they've made the decisions they have. And it's, a, yeah, no doubt a good thing for the game.
2: Well, that's it. You know, Todd Greenberg said this. He said, you know, he's the, he's the head of the um, the Cricketers Union here in Australia, uh, the Players Association. He said, OK, so so say the UAE toss a bucket of cash at David Warner. said, so right now we don't have the money to keep him. But he said, if you think about bigger picture here, right, so if you convince these players, well, you stay – Play for a bit less, but by doing so, boosts the overall value of the competition. Next time the broadcast rights deal rolls around, that means more money, and under the current revenue share model, then ultimately you'll be able to start playing or paying those players more, or something more on par with what some of these privatised leagues internationally can throw at them. So you've got to sort of look at the bigger picture here. So. You know, just, just on the basis of that, uh, this is a positive, positive outcome. Mate, thank you so much. Uh, we'll let you go. I'll let you get to sleep. I've taken up far too much of your time. Uh, Dan Bredig's really good, too. He was a good get by you, blokes. He's all over these sorts he of is. stories. Yeah, that was good,
0: good transfer business. Uh, yes, when he comes.
2: Uh, good luck to your manless singles for season 2023,
0: eh? Yeah, we'll talk, we'll then. Talk, good on you, mate. All right,
2: so mate, there he is, Dave Paulson from the City Morning Herald some of the key stories. Yeah, what about that Ash Barty? Just want one more crack at Serena, one more crack at Serena. Do you reckon if she said right now, I'm coming out of retirement, they'd just give her a wild card in the US Open? Maybe she could get one more crack at. Her. But nope. Apparently, she's very, very happy. Open five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line number. Give us a call on the open line one three hundred zero one eleven seven. You know what? I'm all ears because obviously the Dragons went down to the Raiders. Controversy in the nation's capital. Uh, they are gone for season. Twenty twenty two, and people say, "Oh, you know what? A disappointment." Yeah, it's disappointing. But having said that, uh, most people tip them for bottom three, so that they're on the cusp of the eight. Does that signal improvement to you? They have improved on last year. There's a few massive holes, both attack and defence. A lot of issues, but they have improved on last year. The Dragons. So happy to talk about that. One 1170 Because you know, I've been accused of turning this into Dragons Radio, and I do that with absolutely zero shame. Zero shame. I can't see the top eight changing. I'm not sold in Canberra. I know they're the people they got a good run home. And the Roosters got a tough run. I think their draws is pretty too it's just it's it's tough, but their form, Sydney Roosters. They are and them and Souths as well are looking really, really good at the moment. Penrith, wheels came off a little bit. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Melbourne, when Munster's firing, there always a chance. There always a chance. Brisbane are the team that's got to be careful they have got to be careful at the moment, Brisbane. There's still a chance. We all talked about what a wonderful year it was, and Kevin Walters. And it's great to see the Broncos back. And it's by, uh, by Adam Reynolds was, but they're not over the line yet, Brisbane. They're not over the line. But I don't think the top age will change. 0457-736-736. Just an update. The first test at laws between England and and South Africa, I see Dean Elgar, the captain, set up as boy, we don't give a rat's about all that nonsense. Well, South Africa won the toss, chose to field at the home of cricket. What about this? Five for 100 in the first session. Five wickets, got only 26 overs. Five for 100. So they're well and truly on top, the visitors. So Lee's out for five, Crawley for nine, Ollie Pope unbeaten 51, Root, big wicket. LBW Jansen for eight and Bairstow. Bold. Bold again. kid. He gets bowled a lot, but he's been a rich fan of form. Johnny Bairstow by Nortje. He's got a bit of pace. And then uh, Stokesy, the captain, out as well. So they're in a bit, bit of bother at the moment. England, 5 for 100 It's still on cricket. We just spoke before the break to pulse, and he's referring to that article by Malcolm Con and Dan Bredig in the nine papers looking at the breakdown of the future tours program. We've got a five-test series returning between Australia and India, which is, well, it's great for Australia. It's great for India. A lot of the the lesser nations, I guess, are pushed more to the margins. But just a quick summary of that. So the 12 full members will play more international cricket across all three formats. This is in the Next Future Tours program cycle. So basically, the FTP, what it does, it outlines the international cricket calendar, including ICC events and bilateral international series. And basically, most of them are bilateral series now. So the 12 members are going to play a total of 777 international matches, 173 tests, 281 ODIs, 323 T20s. So 777 international matches. Uh, For sake of comparison, in the last cycle, they played 694 international matches. So what's that? 77 plus 6, 83 more matches. 83 across that span. 0457-736-736, 0457 736 736, the text line number. Yeah, mentioned the NRLW. You're going to head down, actually, to, to Wollongong for the Dragons Titans. Uh, disappointed they went down in the grand final to the Roosters, but uh, sowie has got them humming. It's a really good team. You know, Ember Tonogado's worth the price of admission. So that'll be fun. But uh, we mentioned Brisbane Broncos and Julia Robinson, the nonsense she's had to cop online. They've hit back as they should. Just ridiculous comments. Uh, Chief Executive of the Broncos, Dave Doniger, he released a statement condemning the comments on social media. He said, Julie has been a Bronco since the very first day of our NRLW team came together. We're all angered by the words written by these trolls. She is one of the hardest workers in both our men's and women's programs and goes on about her elite performances on the field and so on. And he's bang on too. He's bang on. And I mentioned there Jamie Sowett, he showed his support he said, OK, for those, you know, I want to talk them up. You run it. Up. Isn't it easy? Keyboard warriors behind a cloak of anonymity. There's a reason we're on one side of the picket fence and these players are on the other because they are better than you when it comes to playing sport. They are better than you. And so he said, OK, run it. Up. See how you go. See how you go. Round one gets underway this Saturday. Parramatta Eels take on the Sydney Roosters at Combank Stadium. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. You are on high ground. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. You know I've got a rule in my house. I've got a rule on radio. Wednesdays cannot ever be referred to as hump day. Can't call it hump day. It is just... It's a, you know, a lot of people on this network have been talking about the masked singer. Apparently Emma Wiggle was not... I'm familiar with her because I've got kids. But what strikes me about The Masked Singer, it is just god-awful television. <laughs> is that, I don't know if the judges say, you hear some, somebody on there singing, and they go, ooh, uh, mm, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Beyonce, like she would ever appear on The Australian's Masked Singer and ends up being you know, some TV star who was in the cafe of Breakers for one episode or something. That's the calibre of people they get. No disrespect to Emma, but The Masked Singer said, Beyonce, I'm going to have a punt at Taylor Swift. Yeah, it ain't got to be Taylor Swift behind the mask. Like she's going to belittle herself <laughs> like that. A really good story on news.com.au. I'll bring it to you shortly about a 92-year-old gentleman by the name of George McCracken, no relation to Jared, who has penned a scathing letter to Cameron Munster. He said, you're not worth this. Doesn't like the way he carries himself when he's feels. I suppose when you're 92, you've been around the... Been around the the sun 92 times. You can say what you damn will please and not give a rat's. It's quite funny. You may not agree with what George McCracken has to say. I don't, but it's funny nonetheless. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. And I think you, Mulchi, will agree with that last statement. 92, you know, it's at Seinfeld. It goes, you know, it's just... you drive your mm. age. If you're 80, you can drive 80. You know that. I'm just backing out. I'm coming. <laughs> I don't care when you get old. So mm. I don't really. Get, I could die in a year or two. It's all over. Say my piece, then I'm done.
3: Well, I have to disagree with you on one thing already. Why? Well, oh the, God, now we're... the Masked Singer.
2: You like it, do? You?
3: No. <laughs> Not really. You did. I, I did watch bits and pieces of season. But
2: nine. no, i noticed in previous seasons they go, they try and guess some top of the pops name well, who they right. know would never be competing. Beyonce, them. Rihanna. Yeah.
3: Yes, oh, and then oh, oh, is it Rihanna? It's and not then who's the winner? Rihanna. Who's the winner? Paulini. Yeah, well, she's not really yeah, better she's like... singer than a driver. Paulini
2: better better singer than who? A driver. Oh, jeez, <laughs> better singer than Mini Driver. <laughs> she she can not hold a karaoke tune, Mini Driver. I'll give her that. Kate Sabrano
3: finished second anyway. Watched far too much. Watched far too much of season one. So I why don't I get some second. sort of
2: you know old rock and roll singers or something?
3: Mm. You see, who would you like to see on there? Mick Jagger.
2: Oh, no, i was thinking more sort of Aussie. Oh,
3: Aussie. Imagine, yeah. Ooh, it Jimmy Barnes.
2: Barnes. You could spot Barnesy's voice from a mile away. Good <laughs> Or like a Ross Wilson or something from the Eagles. And, <laughs> well, that'd you know, be Mondo the problem. Rock or... They're
3: meant to be masked, Jules. Anyway, this is just – this is devolved. Okay, number one. Go. Volandis has overplayed his hand with the grand final battle. Yeah, agreed. He's got his media minions working for him. He's – Pumping out stories, I mean, he's not, there's no way he's going to take it away. Too late. I, I he's agree. Going to lose too much money.
2: I agree. You know, he said not even that long ago. Yeah, look, we agreed that we'd keep it. And yeah, they haven't held up there in the bargain, but it would look bad if we reneged as well. So we'll keep it. So you know, this is Valantis, and I understand. Look, Pete is doing what he needs to do for the betterment of the game, so he's going to go in hard for rugby. I get that, and you kind of want that, but I don't think anybody believes it. He says, no, 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 it could be in Queensland this year. I don't think anyone believes it. Mm. I think he's overplaying his hand. Agreed. Second one.
3: Mm. And I know the the, uh, death knell is handed to Test Cricket every season that we take on teams that aren't India and England. But the ICC and Cricket Australia seem to be recognising that as well. I'm saying that Test Cricket is... Dying a slow death, a drawn-out death. No, one I'd, that maybe you and I, even I, won't see in my lifetime. But it will be slowly, slowly regress into the background. You know, I love test cricket. I,
2: I, they, they I they disagree. Adjust. I disagree. I think there's still uh, enough space to play meaningful test cricket. The mm. play is still wanted. Uh, it, the concern is test cricket in nations like the West Indies. That's concern. 100%. It's not nations like India or England or Australia that always draw a crowd. But, I mean, people have been talking about the death of test cricket for 30 years, 40 years or more, and it's never come to pass. And Mm. you're looking now, certainly in Australia, the night session of the Adelaide Mm. test is pulling one and a half million viewers. Mm. You know, you're getting 30,000 there. I don't think there's an issue with test. Certainly not in this country, certainly not in England when the ashes rolls around, and certainly not. I know it's a little different in India and they're they're consumed by the domestic product being Mm. T20, but you take it to more regional centres and and the feedback's been good. Mm. Feedback's been good. So, no. Disagree. Don't I want to put that longer.
3: to you in January. Okay. After we've played two tests against the West Indies mm. and two against South Africa. Oh, three against South Africa, sorry.
2: It depends what... Not in this country. Not in this mm. country. There's still an appetite for it. And, 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 and a recognition of the history and our place in that history.
3: Yeah. Okay, number three. Ash Barty versus Serena Williams in an exhibition would outdraw this
2: week's Jewel in the Pool... Between oh, the Americans please. and the Australians. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Didn't they let an Andy Vaxer in? How oh, that has changed. <laughs> I guess Novak's going to come here for this show now but... mm. Yes. No Ariane Titmus.
3: No Katie Ledecky. So who else
2: is missing? I mean, that's that's the no big No Kyle Chalmers. Yeah. So who is swimming? Is McKeon swimming?
3: McKeon swimming.
2: What about O'Callaghan? O'Callaghan, Molly.
3: I think, is meant to be swimming. Zach's, Caleb
2: McKeown. What about Zach Stubbledy Cook?
3: Well, I think he'll be. He's a breaststroke. Not much to rest for when you're swimming breaststroke. Breaststroke,
2: I, I always found it the hardest. Mm. Like butterfly was kind of difficult. What well, I was terrible. I just struggled the breaststroke. I'm
3: interested to see how they fill it too. Are they going to do four Aussies and four Yanks in every final? Or
2: no? If it's a real duel in the pool, they'd sort of have them pistol
3: two using. nights. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. Interesting I can, concept. I can't, I'm interested to see how it goes.
2: I don't think it'll rate any. Yeah, I can't get up for this kind no, of stuff. Hundred percent it's, it's exhibition nonsense. Mm. You know, oh look! If they set a world record, great. Oh, you know, if they do, mm. sure. But because, like I said, you know, pe- people are knocking they, the Commonwealth Games, but mm. the one thing that's always at every meet is the clock mm. at every meet.
3: If you if you did it, say say you did it twenty late twenty thirty one ahead of the Brisbane Games. Say you, you know you did it in Sydney as like a warm up event, similar to what they did with the the basketball before.
2: Yes. It, these things have Rio, to have context. I think that would work. You know, yeah. there, there's a degree of fatigue post com Games when a few of the big names are missing out. You've got to have context for these sorts of events. Yeah. And this, Spot in on. isolation, uh, is not garnering that much interest.
3: So I want to see Ash Barty versus Serena Williams down at maybe Kuyong, somewhere like that. Before White, White City, if they knocked down White City Absolutely. Yet, Some of the, wouldn't that
2: be great?
1: Be White be City. Fantastic. A lot of history
2: there. Get Davis Serena down probably. here, pull out a couple of Just million. Tony Travert <laughs> And my favourite tennis commentator mm. may he rest in peace, Traves. Mm. Traves, Tony Trabert and Fred Stolly together, mm. fiery and Traves.
3: That just was just quickly on a tangent. Go. How's the Davis Cup going? Uh, Did
2: well, you know since that the, the change the rules—they don't have home and away ties, and they've changed from best of five to best of three—that absolutely destroyed the what history of Davis farce. Cup. It's a joke. Yeah, couldn't agree more.
3: More. Okay, on the back of the news today, the Tasmania Tigers are going to be back with us in the next year. I'm putting that forward as the name of the. Non existent AFL team down in.
2: Right, so they. they, Oh, it's not like the actual Thylacine, which is cryogenically frozen (laughs) or, you know, they've gone all Jurassic Park and recreated from DNA. Maybe
3: they can drag one down around Blunston Arena Mm. when they eventually get that team down there. That's never going to
2: happen. Are you talking about the Tasmanian team? So, say say
3: say there's a Tasmanian. My question is the Tasmanian AFL team gets up, Mm. call them the Tasmanian
2: Tigers. Well, they've got the Richmond Tigers, so they can't uh, call them a Tasmanian Tiger. Oh, well, you floored me there. <laughs> I thought I was on
3: this.
1: something. You know you anyway,
2: could, uh, finish what you're going to say.
3: Well, that's that, w- that was what I was putting. He's that a good because, name for yeah, it. Yeah, is that a good name because the Jack Jump I mean, Well, it's Jum- not going to be a Jack.
2: The Devils, you know, the Hobart Tassie Devils. I mean, maybe. It's a bit obvious. Oh, I don't know. What would be a good name for the Tasmanian Aussie rules team? Text
3: me in Yeah, i I'm sure okay. we'll
2: just get flooded with text messages <laughs> about a non team, a sport that a lot of people aren't that interested in. South. Okay, back oh, on. Well, sorry, north of yeah, that particular Okay, so
3: back, back onto a, a sport people do care about up mm. here. The Cronulla Sharks will lose to Manly on Saturday. Disagree. My final one. They're gone, Manly. They're done. Manly are gone. But they're back at home, and the Sharks' record at four Pines is shocking.
2: You leave your stats at the door, my friend. Leave mm. your stats at the door. Manly are done. How, how do you turn out a performance yeah, like no. that against Gold Coast? Right? What a
3: disgrace.
2: As a text. In fact, I think it was Pat's NRL put a handle. Mm. Uh, Pat, who works with the Sears yes. Network, who said, oh, the season's over for Manly. Now they're playing for Pride. Very, very good. Mm.
3: You said mm. the comments of Ronaldo Mulatalo to Danny Widler tonight? No, what happened? nine years? Tell me, I Ronaldo missed that. A devout Christian yes. said he would have had no issue mm. walking out in a pride jersey.
2: He's a decent man, Ronaldo. It's a fascinating story how he came here from New Zealand, he you know, troubled family, and his mum just wanted a better life, so they moved to Australia. He so said that he was living in a garage, right? And the door wouldn't lock properly, so he'd sort of half asleep because he didn't want people to break in and steal your stuff, and when it rained, it would flood. I mean, there's no way to live. And Working at the fish and chip shop. Yeah, and and finally came to Australia for a crack at a better life. Played footy, and you know now he can buy his mum a house. You know, it's just a beautiful story.
3: Wonderful footballer
2: yeah. too. It is. It is a, they say sport is the great emancipator. I'm not sure what the final tally was on that, by the way.
3: I think we got two agrees out of you tonight, Did which we? is unusual.
2: Okay, right. You think I sort of played devils advocate sometimes? <laughs> Maybe I can't even remember what the I, last one was. I think I was. played into your hands there. 0457736736. the text line number. You're with Jules on High Ground. Yeah, just looking up our screens here in the studio, the fan on Fox 502 with our great mate, Voss. Is he the hardest working man in rugby league media at the moment? It's like he's flying all over the country. He's calling games. He's doing breakfast radio alongside Brandy. Anyway, he he is there at McDonald Jones Stadium and he's chatting to the Newcastle centre, Dane Gagai. He looks very happy, Dane Gagai. And I suspect that, you know... Maybe he's referring to happier times because not exactly happy times at the Newcastle Knights at the moment. We mentioned at the top of the show Peter Parr talking about the issues currently confronting them. We had Bradman Besson and Nari Tawala stood down this weekend for their tardiness and being late for the team bus. And of course, then you've got the cubicle incident between the captain, Callum Ponga, and the utility, Kurt Mann. It's hitting the ground running, Peter Parr. This is what he had to say
1: we haven't uh, discussed any punishment yet because we don't know if there's any punishment that we had. You know, we run the process, work out exactly what's happened or what hasn't happened and then make some decisions there. But we don't have to make any decisions on, on that yet because the process hasn't been finalised and, as I said, we, we don't even know whether... Uh, punishment is necessary. We've had some conversations with the players. Now the integrity unit is running the process, it'd be inappropriate of me to comment on any of the confidential conversations until uh, until the process is completed. It's not a great look but all the facts haven't been established yet so let's wait until the process is finished. Let the integrity unit uh, do what they need to do. Uh, We'll cooperate with them and then we'll make some decisions if we have to. Just because it's not a good look doesn't mean that, uh, doesn't straight away mean that somebody's done anything wrong. So let's just let that process run its course, and we'll see what happens after that.
2: Well, he's bang on, though, Peter Parr. He's bang on. There's no proof of wrongdoing. He said, OK, we'll investigate, we'll cooperate, and it needs to be done. But uh, before we start hanging them, let's see what the outcome is. Because all they've got is a bit of footage of him and Kurt Mann emerging from a cubicle. You don't know what they're doing in there. You don't know if, they were, if people are suggesting there was illicit druggies. You don't know that. Alcohol, OK, but it's not illegal. Not the first footy player to have a few too many drinks on a night out. So, well, if he's the captain his recovery, give him a wrap over the knuckles, he doesn't deserve to lose his captaincy over at Ponga. And now the RLPA are slamming suggestions that maybe you send the hair follicles in for testing to detect any illicit drug use, if indeed there was any. Now, normally I don't like testing for illicit drugs, but in this case, considering they're on the back foot at the moment, Newcastle, I could understand it. Because if you send it clear, go, look, we're serious about tidying up our image. I think it's a positive outcome for the club. You may have a thought on that, 0457 736 736. Now, I mentioned before about this, a very cranky NRL fan by the name of George McCracken. He's had enough of Cam Munster. Cam Munster has carved it up. He's carved it up in origin, carved it up against Penrith. People are saying he's the best player in the game, not according to George. And George is 92 and he's seen a lot more footy than all of us put together. An outraged lifelong footy fan, Alex Blair has this story on news.com.au. So an outraged footy fan in his 90s has penned a scathing letter to Melbourne Storm star Cameron Munster telling the representative player he's not worth one million and accusing him of strutting on the field. In his succinct one-page spray... 92 year old George McCracken let fly, informing the 27 year old of his opinion on who was a better five-eighth in the day. Well, you know, they're always back in the day. They were better than the current mob, weren't they? It's funny as I say that. I look at my screen, and there's the great Wally Lewis. Mr. McCracken accused Munster of preaching to the referee for unfair penalties, likening him to Jamie Soward, who he nicknamed Melky for similar tactics. Sow, if you're listening, you've got a ring in to defend your honor, brother. Firstly, let me say, I am 92 and I've watched football all my life, Mr. McCracken began. Once there was a player playing for the Roosters called Soward who tried for for penalties, so much so he was known as Milky. Now you are just the same, he's referring to Cameron Munster. You call for penalties every time one of your team's opponents is slow getting off, but when your side does the same, you think it's okay. Well, it's not. sure he's the only one there, though, George, to be fair. So, Milky, the ref is not conned by you. Now your ego is as big as an elephant because the press say so. I will tell you now of many 5 better. Wally Lewis, Brett Kenny, Terry Lamb to mention a few. And none of them strutted like you. In my opinion, you're not worth one million, as the media says. You're just another player. Wow. George McCracken didn't miss. But like a 1792, if you watch that much footy, well, feel free to start slinging the arrows, Georgie boy. In a show of true old fashioned class, the 92 year old New South Welshman, yeah, there you go, also left a return address. This is what they do. Probably a beautiful penmanship as well. Should Munster wish to respond to his advice? I'd love Camden to, to respond. Now, a big rumours just on that. He's re- he, uh, reportedly going to sign a four year deal with the Dolphins in a move that would make him the highest paid player in the NRL. If you're the Dolphins, you go all into Munster. You have to. You need your marquee man, you need someone to build a club around. Uh, to market around, and it has to be Munster. Reports today that Bennett perhaps wasn't as impressed by Ponga as he would hoped he would be. They didn't get Reece Walsh. Munster's your man because Melbourne can't afford him. He's clearly a $1 million player. Clearly a $1 million player. And now Brayton Astor said, well, no, we'll, we'll test the open market come November. We won't speak to Melbourne. We won't speak to anyone before that. I'm doing the right thing by my client, and I suppose he is, so... Come November 1, we'll just test the waters, dip the toe in the water and see what kind of offers come through for Cam Munster for season 2024. Final hour of the program. Great to have you along this Wednesday night, wherever you're tuned in. SEN 1170 Sydney, SEN Q693 in Brisbane, Vegas, 1620 the Gold Coast. Hello to our friends this evening north of the Tweed and anywhere on the planet, really, by the SEN app. Do we go outside of, of Earth? Like if, if there are Martians, could they tune in? They got Wi-Fi like they downloaded, Alex. I don't know. Can you look another? You're a technically-minded individual. A bit a bit younger than I am. Pretty savvy when it comes to these sorts of things. Uh, Liam, thank you for your very kind message. Uh, nice to have you back as a listener. Now, we heard from Peter Parr before the break, uh, the new boss of the Newcastle Knights, who we said has only just got his legs under the desk. Cool. Uh, Brisbane, been a great year. Still a chance of will slide out of the eight. I think they'll just make it. Payne Haas, I mean, the rumours won't go away about his future and wanting to, to renegotiate the terms of his contract. Well, if you're trying to get something out of him, the big unit, the big front rower, well, he probably says all the right things. He's very, very cliché. This is what Payne had to say today about his future at the Brisbane Broncos.
1: Happy year. Um, obviously, we said we're going to speak about stuff end of year and see how that all goes. But well, I do love Brisbane, and... Uh, all my family's just down the coast, so they're, they're pretty close. So um, yeah, I love Brisbane. I always say that to everyone. I do love Brisbane. I love the club and love all the boys here, and you know, I'm pretty close with all of them. So yeah, end of year, hopefully we saw something out and yeah, go from there. I think anyone who has a kid or, or anyone, you know, they're trying to secure something for them as well. It's not just for myself. It's yep. mainly for my family, my partner, and all that. And you know, I got little brothers and sisters and sure. all that. So um, yeah, no, obviously I'm just trying to secure my life. Yep. future.
2: So if you're a Brisbane fan, you hear that guy. Oh, it sounds sounds pretty positive. As John and Paul would say, all you need is love. He loves it here, loves the boys, loves Brisbane, loves the team, loves the club. There's a lot of love coming from Payne Haas at the moment. However, David Riccio from the Daily and Sunday Telegraph, uh, this is what he had to say, which have a listen to what Riccio had to say. And If you are a Brisbane fan, you'd be less confident about him staying at Red Hill.
0: It's a major issue within that
2: football club in relation to whether Payne Haas remains at the Broncos. Now, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm not too confident. I feel like there's movement here. Uh,
1: we hear recently about European rugby Italy, for, for Payne Haas, which, again, it, that's just, honestly, it's just pie in the sky stuff to try and
0: create tension and, and the prospect that, hey, you better come to the party
2: here. And I'm talking about from Payne's management. You better come to the party, Broncos, or, or
0: we're looking at other options. And it's never a good indication, guys. The catch will be which club can afford him next year. But you, but a lot of clubs will just make room. They just they just make room for people like
1: Payne Haas.
0: We're sitting on a on a, on a landmine here, guys, where it's
2: going to explode post season big time. How much is he worth? See, that is the question. Is he a million dollar player? He's on pretty good court at the moment. What's in about seven fifty now? I Think Payne Haas. Pretty good money. What's the old Wayne bennett mantra? You never play a million bucks for for front rowers. You just don't. Is he worth a million a year, Payne Haas? For feeders, certainly not. As wonderful as he is. Cameron, I'd better say Cameron Murray. Uh, Cameron Munster is certainly worth a million a year. Caelan Ponga, that's debatable. Probably. Ben Hunt, as a Dragons fan, I'd have to say yes, given his form and in the dally in favour. But uh, do you pay a million a year for for Payne Haas? They're talking about the cap going up next year, but I don't know. Anyway, judging from what David Ricciow had to say, does that mean he's going to beat the Roosters? That's the talk, Payne Haas at the Roosters. Matty Lodge has been a good buy for them, by the way, hasn't he? Just bolstered and They're looking good, the Roosters. They're looking really, really good. You know, I, for one, a few months ago, had them. I said, "Nope, they're gone. They're gone this year. And I'm happy to see Luke Kirie back and in, in playing good footy as well. Now, oh, I need to get this off, my I need to address it show that I'm professional and that is in relation to Manchester United, my beloved Red Devils. Eric Ten Hag will allow Cristiano Ronaldo to leave Man United this summer, but only if the forward can find a club to buy him. Now this is the problem. I might even bring our resident football expert on Wednesday nights and higher ground uh, being the mad Russian in on this um, because there's only two of us in the studio, but you love your, your footy. The only forward that can, yeah, if only if the forward can find a club to buy him, this is the problem is that he's got an exorbitant asking price, which I understand because it's Cristiano Ronaldo. It's not only what he can bring to a club on the field, and he still scored a truckload of goals, but he is Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he's bums on the seats. Who can afford him at the moment in world football?
3: Uh, short answer, nobody. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe PSG mm. or Manchester City. Manchester City had the chance to sign him last summer, opted out, which is why he ended, back at, ended up back at Manchester United. He was very much angling for a move to Manchester City. That's where he wanted to end up.
2: Bastard. Because of Pep,
3: you think? Because of Pep. Well, yeah. Pep was the one who said, actually, Cristiano, thank you, mm. but we're not interested. We got this kid, Erling Haaland, coming in next summer. Who's and on the he'll be playing Cristiano. he'll be playing your position and he'll be here for ten years. Yes. You're not gonna be here for that long and he's gonna be cheaper than you as well. Mm. Just to cap that off. It's now the other logic. club that could afford him a PSG. Well Leo Messi He's currently the king of the castle, his old rival. So I don't think he's going to be going there either. So when the two richest clubs in the world have both said, actually, Cristiano, it's it's okay. Where else are you going to go? Barcelona are already in a world of hurt. Juventus are losing money because Syria are losing money. Mm. They're still got, having problems with COVID-19. Italy still not at full capacity for stadiums. And in England... Again, where, where else is he going to go? Um, yeah, the problem, Ronaldo was keen to get away in the summer. He was keen not to be at Manchester United last summer. He's ended up back there out of necessity. He needs the club as much as they need him. Perhaps more than they need him at the moment.
2: And there's a sense that he's hoping the club might just tear up the final year of his contract and allow him to become a free agent. Uh, they have said Man United, no, that will not happen. But despite the fact that they're saying, no, he's not for sale, they would consider any offer before the transfer window closes September 1. Now, Ten Hag initially said, you know, I want him to stay, but he is more than happy for an older to go. More than happy. Mm. And he's actually becoming now and this whole, it's a huge shadow looming over Old Trafford. It is becoming destabilising with the club. You look at the results in the first two games Mm. of the season. United don't lose those games. They don't lose them that comprehensively.
3: They are not run like a football club at the moment. Mm. They run like a. Jonathan Wilson, one of the great Guardian writers in sport, but particularly football, says they are run like an amusement park, like a, a museum of nostalgia. Yeah. With Sir Alex Ferguson still hitting, sitting high up there in the stands, David De Gea still there, despite his waning form over the past two, three seasons. Oh, he was great last year, though. And Cristiano Ronaldo being brought back in simply because he's Cristiano Ronaldo. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was given the job with no relevant managerial experience, mm. did an okay job while he was caretaker, but then was given a ludicrous contract to continue. It just none of the decisions being made there have made footballing sense for a very, very long time.
2: There are a bunch of overpaid prima donnas. And Ragnick was right, the old joint needs open Absolutely. heart surgery. Harry Maguire could bugger off. He's an <laughs> overrated player. Luke Shaw, his best days are behind him. I think. Anyway, and on and on we go. Thank you, mate. I don't want to get too fired up. It is the 17th of August. Birthdays today. Aussie test batsman Reggie Duff, born this day, 1878. Reggie died in 1911. Uh, Nelson Piquet, the Brazilian Formula One world champion. He spit on the nose, isn't he, Nelson? He says all the wrong things. Mick Malthouse, uh, great Aussie rules. Well, he's a player as well and coach, born this day in 1953. Uh, Tennis player Jim Courier. what a He's brilliant, brilliant commentator, Jim Courier, born this day in 1970. And born this day in 1977, one of the most majestic strikers I've seen in my lifetime. He played for Arsenal, and I won't mark him down because of that. French national, Thierry Henry, or Mr. Terry Henry. And a couple of things happened this day. Uh, Henry Armstrong, the first and only fighter to hold three titles simultaneously in 1938. Lou Gehrig. I love that famous line from that Robin Williams film. Lou Gehrig died of, uh, died of Lou Gehrig's disease. And he said, wow, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? 1933, Lou Gehrig, New York Yankee first baseman, played in his 1,308th consecutive game. Imagine playing that many consecutive games. That is, uh, that is serious, serious endurance. 1976, uh, the whispering death. Fast bowler Michael Holding became the only West Indian to take 14 wickets in a test during the fifth test against England at the Oval. He captured eight for 92 and six for 57 to wrap up a 231-run victory and a 3 0 series win. You know they called him Whispering Death because if you were the umpire, it's such a smooth, languid approach to the crease, couldn't hear him coming. And the so next thing, you go, oh, he's right, he's right there, he's in his stride. And in 2008, Michael Phelps eclipsed Mark Spitz's performance at the 72 Munich Games when he won his eighth gold medal as part of the U.S. 4x100 medley relay team at the Beijing Olympic Games, together with Aaron Pearson, Brendan Hansen, and Jason Lazak. Phelps swam a world record time of 3.29.34. His seventh world record in his personal Great Hall of China. And I think he even replicated the infamous Sports Illustrated cover with uh, their spitzy with all the medals dangling off. Phelps, he did it too. A bit less hair on the chest. A real swimmer back in the day, Mark Spitz. This is Jules and High Ground. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. No, it's not hump day. It's not hump day. We've established that. Thank you, everybody, for your contributions. Thank you to Jays Paulson. Thank you to you, Mad Russian. Have a great week. I'll catch you Friday. Until then, bye-bye.